Welcome back to the Dream On Podcast. Today's episode is from February of 2022 at the Dream On Conference Dreaming and Worship Breakout Session. This session features Dream On Music Collective artists Zach and Emily Howard, as well as Lucas and Lily Gray. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Well, hey, I appreciate you guys being here with us and uh, hanging out with us today. Have you guys enjoyed yourself so far? Hopefully. Yes. Awesome. Um, real quick. So just to get an idea, uh, where is everybody from? So like, is, is everybody together or is there like pods of you? So let's we'll start over here, like this section. Are you guys close? Or are you guys far away? Fostoria. Pastor Lucy, so are you guys all from Fostoria? Yeah. You guys are beasts. So then on this side, where are you guys all from? Uh, from here? Clyde. Clyde. Clyde? Okay. Fantastic. Tennessee? <laughs> Fremont? Okay. Awesome. 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 Um, do you guys all go to the same church? Yeah. yeah. What church? Clyde Church of God, all of you, and then you come here, awesome, and then you guys are over at Pastor Lucent's church, correct? Fantastic. You guys are awesome. Well, hey, um, we appreciate you guys being in here and uh, hanging out with, out with us for a little bit. Um, so this, what we're going to do is we're kind of just, this is, the whole thing is about dreaming uh, to worship, and it can look really differently from uh, not just the worship aspect as far as like the worship set, but there's much more and it goes much deeper than that. And so I got some friends here and uh, they are the worship pastors here at this church. So Lucas and Lily, they're awesome. And uh, so you can give them a hand, make them feel comfortable. Yes, yes, yes. This is awesome. And then this is my wife and she helps me lead at our church and is our worship pastors with me. So, but yes, awesome too. So, um, but I'm going to jump it over to these guys real quick. And basically what I want to do is just kind of the format today is just, we, we want to each give you just kind of like uh, a little thought, like a little nugget to be able to go with dreaming to worship. Um, and they kind of tell you like our experience of, you know, how we got the opportunity to be able to be where we're at and what we do. And then we want to leave an open floor and just kind of leave like a Q and A and just, you guys get the fire questions back and forth and, uh, just try to dig in deeper to what it means to dream to worship. So other than that. I'm handing it over to the big man on Whoa. campus. Whoa. Hey. Hey. Uh, man, we're so glad you guys are here. And like you said, my name is Lucas. This is my wife, Lily. Um, and we serve here as the worship pastors. And uh, we've been here since uh, February 2019. Um, and um, God's just done some incredible things. Um uh, here uh, at this church, but also in this community, we just feel like the Lord is really um, just stirring the waters, if you will, and um, we can just really sense the Holy Spirit kind of uh, uh, pointing us in a direction, and and worship has played a large part of that. Um, and so, just to kind of share a little bit about you know kind of where we've where we've gone as a worship ministry and what the Lord has kind of has has kind of done here. Um, like I said, we came here in February 2019, and uh, when we got here, um, this church had gone through a major transition. And so um, actually my in-laws, her parents are our pastors. Um, and so we kind of came on board um, and they are, they're like Brownsville revival, like, uh, like, like Holy Spirit. Yeah. That's one of our key phrases here is this presence is our purpose. And so um, one of the things we've kind of really pushed towards 
um, is is just spending time in the presence of the Lord and, and lingering in, in his presence. And so um, as we've kind of pushed towards that and as we've made that a priority, um, we've just seen the Lord do incredible things. Uh, we've Healings taken place during worship. We've seen um, just, just amazing things. And so... Um, yeah, I think uh, that being our, you know, kind of our focus is centering on the presence of the Lord. Um, we also talk about excellence often. And so one of the things that we kind of try and tie in, um, you know, we, we try and be excellent in everything we do, but that never that never takes the place of what the Holy Spirit is doing, right? And so, you know, yes, we practice our music. Yes, we, um, you know, we try our best to be uh, on top of everything um, because we believe that excellence honors God and inspires people. And so, um, you know, as, as we, as we do that, as we practice that excellence, we just believe that the Holy Spirit honors that. Um, and that's when, uh, you know, that's when the moments happen when there, there can be free, free worship or there could be spontaneous worship is because we've prepared, right? It's not a lack of preparation, but it's because we've prepared. And so, um, yeah, I just feel like, you know, that's that's kind of where we're at. The Lord is um, adding to our team, and so we've we've just seen uh, incredible growth, and um, and I really truly do believe it's because we've made the the presence of God our purpose, and um, it's yeah, that's what I have to say about that. What about you? Yeah, I think you know it's easy when we talk about worship. Uh, it's easy to sometimes have that just vision in your head of, oh, we're just going to, we're going to do a three song set and call it. Um, but Lucas was talking about, you know, his presence is our purpose. And that's, that's just the key right there is just the presence of God and digging deeper into him and his spirit and what he has. And, you know, if you're looking to, uh, just come on stage and sing a few songs, maybe maybe worship isn't for you um but it really is it's something that we don't take lightly it's spiritual warfare um on Sundays it's it's been wild like we talk about it all the time that here specifically at this church we've never like experienced the presence of God like we do here um he's just God's moving God's just moving. And I, it's interesting too, um, cause we're just like pastor, uh, pastor said earlier, we're stretching and we're growing constantly. And so for us, for here, it's where our eyes have just been open to a whole new level of God's presence. And what does that look like? And how as worship pastors, as worship leaders, how we, uh, can usher into his presence and help, uh, like you said, stir the waters and just direct, like, Holy Spirit, what are you saying in this moment? And just trying to um, to move in the Spirit, ultimately, which is what we're supposed to do as worship leaders. So, uh, yeah, we're constantly growing. Absolutely. So let me ask, is everybody in here on a worship team? Is that is that true or no? No? Okay, so so that's, that's perfect. So... Um, you know, when we're talking about dreaming to worship, um, you know, to kind of take it just from the context of only being on a worship team, but I want to look at the context of also just your everyday life, right? Because when you're worshiping God and when you're getting in the scripture, you're dreaming, right? You're believing that while you're worshiping and while you're trusting God that you're going to get that breakthrough, not just on the weekends, right, from the platform or coming to church, but even in your own life every single day. Because I would hope to say that all of us are hopefully... 
you know, getting into the word and, you know, worshiping God on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, but kind of when I was thinking about um, just the opportunity to be able to talk with you guys for a little bit, I was thinking about um, the story of Joshua and the Jericho wall. And uh, when I was thinking about that, I wanted to read it real quick. And my wife's going to make fun of me because I forgot my glasses in the car. And she said, you're going to need those. And I was like, no, I'll be fine. I'll go back and get them. I didn't go back and get them. So I'm going to give it my best effort here. So anyways, in Joshua 6, 1 through 5, it says, Now Jericho was securely shut up because of your children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand. It's king and the mighty men of Valor. You shall march around the city, all of you men of war. You shall go all around the city once. This you shall do six days, and the seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great and mighty shout. With the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, every man straight before him." And when I was looking at that scripture verse and when I was thinking about in the context of it, um, you know, a lot of times we don't even get to see the wall fall down in our life. A lot of times we stop well before we ever see the wall and we give up. And so I was thinking about why do we often stop? Why do we quit? You know, why do we, why do we abandon, you know, dreaming and, and worshiping and trusting and believing in God? And one of the reasons I wrote down here for you and I today is that we often stop short because our progress isn't obvious. So while we're worshiping and we're believing, we're like, listen, God, I just, I'm worshiping, whether, like I said, you're volunteering, you're worshiping on the stage, or even in your own personal life, you're coming to church, and you're like, God, I'm worshiping you, I'm trusting in you, I'm believing in you, but I don't see anything happening. And then you begin to defeat yourself, and you begin to speak negative thoughts and emotions over your life, and all of a sudden, you begin to tear apart your faith and the ability to believe. And so... What we can, because I, I, like I said, as, as humans, we can handle the process as long as we see progress along the way. But you and I both know that that's not how God works, right? There's many times he doesn't work like that. It says in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. So God, and during worship, when you're dreaming in worship, when you're dreaming, you know, believing for a breakthrough, or even when you're dreaming and, and you're leading worship and you're believing that as you're singing, as you're worshiping, that even though, you know, like that Waymaker song says, even though I can't see it, I know you're working. Even though I can't feel it, God, in this moment, I know that you're working. That moment could be a season you're in. That moment could be the actual service that you're in. But I'm believing that you're working and you're working things out for my good. But a lot of times, like I said, is we stop short because we don't see that God is actually working with our physical eyes. And that's where when you're dreaming, you have to be willing to be obedient all the way through. You have to be, it wasn't the obedience uh, it wasn't them walking around the wall that ultimately brought the wall down. It was them to be willing to be obedient. Their obedience is what brought the wall down. Your, your obedience, when you're leading worship and you're, you're dreaming like, God, I, I, I'm believing for great things here today. And you're praying behind the stage or on the stage before worship starts. And you're praying and you're believing. You're like, God, I'm believing. 
I'm believing that you're going to move. Well, when you believe that and you're praying that when you come up on the stage and while you're leading during that time, you have to be obedient. Don't just come out and just sing the songs and do whatever you want, but you have to be obedient enough to listen. And that's even in our own lives. We could be out here worshiping or on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday, be worshiping. But God is saying, that's great, you're worshiping, but I want to see your heart. I want to see that you're obedient. And ultimately, your obedience is going to be what brings that breakthrough and to see that dream and that goal ultimately come to pass. But then when you look at Joshua 6, 1 through 2, it says, Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand and the king of its mighty valor. I love when God always does that in those scripture verses. He says as if it's already done, right? And so for you and I today, that dream that you have, that miracle that you've been praying for, that, that faith that you have to believe for a breakthrough, what God is saying that as long as you are obedient, it has already been done. God's already been given it to you. You just have to trust through the entire process that it's going to happen and be through. But when, when I was looking at the other part of this and kind of focusing in on it, the other thing that I was looking at, I'm trying to give you guys a little bit of context real quick as fast as possible, and we'll leave some Q&A in just a second. But for a lot of us, when it goes down to, and it says right here that in Joshua 6, 10 through 11, it says, but Joshua had commanded the army, do not give a war cry, do not raise your voice, do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout, then shout. So he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once, then the army returned to the camp and spent the night there. Let me ask you this. Why do you think that Joshua, ultimately, obviously God spoke to him, but why do you think Joshua was instructed by the Lord to tell the Israelites to say, listen, tell them, do not speak a word. Do not give a war cry. Do not do anything until I tell you. And I believe it's because Joshua, ultimately, obviously God, but Joshua knew that sometimes that our mouth is actually our worst enemy. That a lot of times that what we do in those situations, and that's what will kill a dream ultimately, is when you begin to say, you know what, I don't know if God's actually going to come through this time. You know, I don't think that God can actually do it. You know, I know that I was worshiping and, and believing and praying, but I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think he's going to actually follow through this time. And when you begin to say those words, can't and won't, and I don't think he's going to come through, and we begin to speak that into that dream, all of a sudden, like I said, your faith in that dream will begin to die. And so ultimately, sometimes what you have to do is just sit there and just trust God and be still, as it says in scripture, and know that I am God and just sit there and just trust and just believe. Because what happens is, you know, ultimately, like I said, is that they finally were obedient. They were silent and they listened. And at the appropriate time, God was like, now. And what did they do? They gave a war cry. They shouted. They blew the ram's horns. And what happened is the wall came falling down. Can I just be honest today that some of you literally are on lap, you're on day seven, lap six, and you're literally throwing in the towel and you really don't even understand and know that you are literally one lap away from your dream. You're one lap away from your breakthrough. You're one lap away from God giving you everything that your heart desires, but you have to be obedient and you have to follow through. So that's why it's important to keep dreaming, keep being obedient, keep trusting and keep believing. You know, for Emily and I, we, we were on the road full time and then, um, and we were in a transition between um, the church right now and the church we were at. And I remember when we first got there, you know, I was like, God, I was like, Lord, 
um, you know, I, where do you have us to go and what do you have for us to do? And, and I remember the pastor gave us a call with the church right now and he's like, hey, how would, how would you like to come to Canton? Um, and I know uh, Pastor Lucian would love that we were in Michigan at that moment because um, he's a huge Michigan fan. Um, <laughs> Yeah, go blue. Uh, so anyways, that's where my wife's from, so I can't say any negative things. <laughs> uh, yeah, so anyways, but, but he called and he said, hey, um, I, I want to I see if you want to come to Canton. Um, God kind of, he was speaking to me about having you come. And I said, you know, we'll come check it out. And I remember we went there and I'm like, we checked out the service and I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. You know, I was like, mm, there's a lot of bad things going on here as far as just, I just saw a lot, I saw a lot of work. I was like, oh, I don't know about this. And I, and we went back to the hotel and he's like, listen, listen, just stay one more day and we're going to, we'll talk tomorrow. And I'm like, all right, I will stay one more day when, you know, we're parents. And so I was like, the kids are at home night. I'll get to sleep really good. It's going to be amazing. So we stayed one more day and we went out and at that night, I began to write down, you know, if we were to say, this is what I'm dreaming, right? This is, this is what I would love to see. This is what I'd love to see. This is what I'd love to see. This is what I'd love to see. And this is kind of just dreaming out there, right, about worship. And it wasn't all just physical stuff, but even spiritual stuff. And, and I remember he sat down. He's like, all right, what are you thinking? I'm like, I don't know, pastor. This is like rough, you know? And, and I remember he's like, well, you know, what would it take? And I remember sliding that dream across and being like, this is what it would take. And I remember reading it and, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yep, looks good. I'm like, oh, let's add more. <laughs> I was like, oh, you know, and he's like, no, let's do it. But <clears throat> to see the dream from where we were and to see and understand when I say this, this is literally not about numbers, but for those that are just hoping and believing maybe you are a 100-member church, a 200-member church, a 300-member church, or a 400-member church, it doesn't matter wherever you're at, but literally it was like, I remember our first Sunday, there was 187 people there, and I was just like, all right, God, I know that you have more for us than this, this, and there were six people on the worship team, no media department, I take that back, one person was questionable if he was on the media department, he, he showed up when he would like and takes selfies post them but uh he there's one guy and I remember I was like I was like all right you know Lord what do you have and and I remember that the work in the process and, and there was weeks and days and years where it was like all right this is really good and then there's times like this is really bad it was really good and they're really bad and we just had to push and you had to fight and you had to pray through and believe that God this is what you have this is the dream you have and I'm trusting you for me personally and as well as the church and it was like, and I was telling Luke and Lily, it's like year five, all of a sudden, it was like something just broke. And all of a sudden, God literally, it was like, all right, you're obedient and you listened. And, you know, with the, with Jericho, it's like, you listened and I'm bringing that wall down. And obviously, you know, with the Israelites, there were several little battles after that. They still had to fight, right? But I remember just going through each time and it was like, all of a sudden, you know, we look back and, and it's going to be year nine, and year eight, and uh, she keeps me in line, but year eight. And all of a sudden, like, we look and it was like... All our literally our, our worship team literally jumped in our media team and, and it went from six to 95. And it was like, what is going on here? And all of a sudden the church just started just growing and growing and growing. But it was literally, 
it literally started from a piece of paper and pastor's vision and, and, and sewing, but also with all the other people that were on not just the worship team, but in the whole church, because it takes a church. It takes a team. It's not just one person. And literally, everybody was sewing. Everybody was believing. But then what we saw was, as we were believing for great things for the church, all of a sudden, people started getting their own wins in their own life. The dreams that they had, they, they started seeing breakthroughs and miracles, kind of like you guys were talking about. And all of a sudden, all these things really started just opening up. And it was like, holy cow, God, like you were one step, 10 steps ahead of us every single time. And to see God do what he's doing now, and to say the least, it's been challenging through COVID, I would think we would all say that. Um, but I believe that God's hand and he's getting ready to do something amazing this year. Every, every time that I've been getting up there through COVID, especially now recently, it's like just like a sense, like my heart is about to explode, like God is getting ready to do something. And it's not just do something in the church, but I believe do something even in the individual homes to do something that God is going to rad just radically do even in our government and our officials. I believe that God is going to do something, but we have to keep dreaming. We have to keep believing. We have to keep worshiping, keep diving into his word and keep being faithful. And I believe that if we do that, I really do believe those dreams that we have. Because worship, what it does is it lifts you past your perspective, past your problems, right? When you begin to raise your hands and begin to worship, you begin to thank God. All of a sudden, that surrendered heart, that, that obedient heart, it allows you to see. Because the enemy uses the same old tactics. He lies to you. And what he likes to do is he likes to make, you ever see someone on a, white piece of paper, draw that little circle, right? That black dot. And what happens? Your mind immediately sees that black dot and focuses on that, not even realizing like God that he's got that whole problem covered. And that little dot, the enemy likes to make you think, oh, it's this big problem. And God's like, no, I got you. So surrender to me and, and see that when you worship me, when you dream, when you believe and when you trust that while you're doing that, even though you might not see it, as long as you're faithful all the way to the end. I mean, could you imagine if Jesus quit on us? before he finished the cross, where we would be right now. And he was obedient all the way to the end. So for you and I today, just know as long as you keep dreaming and you keep being obedient, and as long as you are willing to finish, I believe that God is going to do some great things in your life. And I'm not talking about just for the church or just for your worship team, but even for you personally and individually. So I don't know if you want to add anything to that. Good stuff. Okay, so hey, we're gonna add, we're gonna open up and ask some questions real quick. Um, you can ask any question at all, um, and uh, other than the ages of the ladies, I just don't want to get in trouble. Um, but anyways, but you can ask any questions if you have anything like that. Um, so we'll just open up the floor. We can run a mic if you need to, or you can try to yell really loud. So if none of you have it, I understand. But open the floor anyways. Do any of you guys have any questions? This is the best quiet group ever. He's going to pass the mic around. These guys are quiet. So let me ask you this. Raise your hand if you are on the worship team. Let's start with that. I know you are. Okay. All right. So let me ask you this. Is there any of you that are, are you guys like, as far as, uh, are any of you like leaders or most of you just 
when I say leaders, like, are you like a worship leader or more of, um, like, do you do like background vocals, like band stuff? Like what, as far as across the board, let's start with this. Is anybody like a worship pastor here? Let's start with that. I knew you were. Anybody else? Back there, giving me the pieces. I see those deuces. Um, so anyways, okay, so let me ask you this. Let's start with this. And it, could, it don't even have to be a worship leader. Is there any challenges that you face on a weekly basis? So let's ask that. Is there any challenges? And if they are, if you want to share it with the team and stuff like that, everybody, like, what are some of the challenges that you guys face on a weekly basis? Let's go with that. And you, like I said, it doesn't have to be just the worship leaders. It could be anybody on a worship team. Unless your worship leader's here, maybe you shouldn't say it. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yes. Here, Jordan, I'll, I'll give you the mic. Hi. Um, I just want to say that um, my biggest struggle is it's easier for me to encourage and believe for others than for myself. So if that's where a biggest struggle, you know, the conflict is I know I should. We know The word says to encourage yourself, but there's such an outpouring of encouragement um, and things of like that. So then when um, a personal battle comes, then it feels even more personal because I spend a lot of time pouring out. And so I just, um, aside, is there anything extra that you can add when the the like worship team is constantly pouring out, encouragers are constantly pouring out, and so is there anything that we can do to be ready for that spiritual battle when it attacks the leaders of the worship team or the people that are in, in leadership with encouragement or in prayer? Um, so when the enemy sort of attacks that leadership position. I was trying to tell her she could start, but then she told me to start. But I want her to start. Um, that's a great one. You know, first off, what I would say is that, I mean, for, for the most part, um, I mean, there's some Sundays where <laughs> we get up and everything's peachy. But I would say a lot of times, honestly, when we get up there, when I say we, for, I can only speak for Emily and I, I don't know about you guys, um, but there's a lot of times that we are facing something behind closed doors and you kind of, you know, when you talk about picking yourself up, I think one way, you know, to kind of show the enemy it's like you didn't win is first off simply by showing up. And then secondly, literally by walking up on the stage and pouring out your heart. Because think, first off, he's, that's like the total opposite. He wants you to call in and be like, I don't want to come today, right? Or he wants you to be really upset about your situation or whatever you're facing. And so, um, you know, I can't tell you how many times that I've came up on the stage and I've had to worship through some of the hardest challenges that I've faced. But I found, too, that as a leader or even as a team that there's there's a lot of times that you'll be going through or the team will be going through their own individual battles. But when you get up here and you begin to worship, that all of a sudden that, first off, the unity, there's power in that. But then second off, there's almost appreciation and value knowing, oh, I know what he's going through right now. And here he is pouring his heart out. I know what she's going through right now. And, and she's pouring her heart out. And all of a sudden, you begin to see a, a sacrifice and a pouring out of the heart. And God then begins to move. So usually during some of the greatest challenges and struggles, if you're willing to keep, again, persevering and going, no matter what it takes, I, I would say almost every time that by the end of it, God is going to do something at some point. He's going to move on your behalf. Um, because it, huh? 
Exactly. Yeah, and yeah, and he he always encourages you, and he always, and a lot of times too, I've even seen where people will receive their miracle as they're doing it, as they're worshiping, as they're pouring themselves out. God will literally be beginning to work, or the second they get off the stage, all of a sudden, God, you know, does something for them as they're walking out, or that phone call they needed, or that blessing they needed. Um, you know, I, I think it, it's definitely challenging. Um, you know, most of the time, I believe too that the enemy, um, if if you're facing something, it means you're doing something right. Um, you're doing something absolutely right as a, as a team or you individually, like you're doing something right. If God is coming at you, I mean, not God, but if the devil's coming at you with everything he has, um, cause like I said, I mean, we, we faced many things before and you, and you just got to keep pushing through and keep pressing in real quick. Lily has some, um, a kind of a personal testimony share, but, um, I would, so Brian and Julie sitting here in the front row, um, they actually are, they're our intercessors over our worship team and really over, over the church in general. But every Thursday night when we're here rehearsing, they're here praying for us um, as leaders. Yeah. So he's saying the same thing. They, they have a team that prays over them as, as they lead. Um, and you're right, as we, as we step out on the front lines, because that's what we're doing as worshipers, right? We're, we are walking out on the front lines, and we're waging that spiritual battle, um, picking a fight, if you will. And so as we do that, naturally, there's going to be you know, spiritual warfare that, that we come up against. And so I think it's critical that you have people like uh, Brian and Julie for us. They, they are our, like, we feel like they're kind of like our personal covering, um, you know, going to battle for you as well as you battle, um, and as you encourage and as you, you know, have to, have to kind of fight those frontline battles. Um, so I would just encourage you if you don't have those people, you know, kind of set up in your ministry or, um, you know, whatever in your personal life, uh, that you trust, right. And that you, that you, um, that you, you know, kind of hold in high um, spiritual esteem, if you will. Um, if you don't have those people, reach out, find a find somebody who's willing to cover you and who's willing to, um, you know, willing to go to bat for you. Yeah. Um, in 2019, Lucas and I found out that we were pregnant with our first baby, uh, and we were super excited because up until that point, we d- we thought that we were going to have trouble getting pregnant and um, having babies, but we got pregnant with this baby. Um, And it was, I think, week seven. uh, The doctors couldn't find a heartbeat. And uh, it was a week. We had a week to figure out. We would come back in a week and they would do another ultrasound to see if the baby, you know, grew. And that week was so challenging for me because, I don't know, I, and I'm a pastor's kid, so my whole life I've been raised in church, so I knew, like, okay, I got this. We, we've got this. We're just going to pray and believe that the Lord is just going to breathe life into this baby and everything's going to be good to go, and we're going to be able to share this incredible testimony of just how God worked it all out. Um, but that Sunday, uh, we were leading worship and the following Monday was when our, that ultrasound was going to be, and we were leading the song here again. And the verse, uh, one of the verses, it says, uh, what what is it? I don't know what tomorrow. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, well, (laughs) I'm really bad at lyrics. Thank God for confidence monitor. Can't control what tomorrow will bring. Yeah, can't go back to the beginning. Can't control what tomorrow will bring. No. No, we do. Yeah. Yes. Hey, Rory. Um, So when I sang that, I just broke thinking like, I really don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. And uh, we went to that appointment the next day, and we had lost the baby. Uh, And I just remember, like, all I wanted to do was be in God's presence. Like, physically, if you've ever miscarried or lost a baby, you go go through a lot. Um, Physically, physically, excuse me, that was gross. (laughs) But... um, yeah, all I wanted to do is just be in the presence of God and just press into him. And I, and so I did, you know, every day I would just, I would pour out just all that was inside me to him. And I just pressed into his presence and I never missed a service. I never missed a Sunday, even if I had to sit down. I just, I knew that I needed it. Um, and it's just, it's, that's the consistency I think is so, well, I know the consistency is really important. You can't pour from an empty cup. You have to constantly be filling yourself up with the word of God. Cause if you don't have that, you know, it's important. I mean, yeah. Hey, uh, so I am not a leader on the stage, but I do lead our youth worship team. And I'm curious what advice you would give other than just killing the team to help uh, bring unity. There's just, it is always, always, always a battle to get like the bass player and the keyboard player to like each other. And um, it's... Are they dating? No, no. And there might not even, I don't know, maybe they do like each other. Did you just ask, are they dating? (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, what would be your, you know, think some of my kids are fifth grade all the way up through 12th grade on the same team. Uh, What would be your advice? Obviously praying about it is happening, but beyond that. Yeah. Yeah. We, we kind of are in the beginning stages of what we call infuse. Um, So it's a process that we take our, it's not just our students, but we take um, anybody who wants to be a part of our worship team. We take them through this, this, um, it's it's a it's a it's like a booklet, whatever, a couple of pages. I don't know, maybe like fifteen pages or so, um, probably too much. But anyways, uh, we take them through this this thing, and what the goal is. Obviously, only the Holy Holy Spirit can change a heart, and so you know, if it's animosity towards someone else, then you know, only the Holy Spirit can do that. But what we try to do on the front end, so we don't run into issues um, like that down the road, um, is we we try and set culture off the you know, from the onset. And so, um, you know, we, we were kind of talking, uh, backstage culture really takes, um, uh, we, we have a, a leader in our, um, assemblies of God. And he, he says that culture takes five years to, to change or to set. And that's exactly what my face looked like when, when I, uh, and so we're three years in here. Um, and, and we're starting to see some things shift, um, but we're still not anywhere near where we where we want to be. And so, I don't know. I think culture is just a huge part. Like, what are you creating? What kind of atmosphere are you creating when they're around each other? She said, "Are they girls?" <laughs> the boys and the girls see each other. Hey, praise the Lord. Yeah, the girls all get along, and the boys all get along. It's it's the yeah. 
I would say, I would say the other thing that we've figured out is that you have to show them the value of each other. So when you, what I've done before is, uh, early on is I had them play and then the ones that are bickering, I, I said, I said, Hey, first off, I, I took the piano away and I stopped, cut it out of the mix. And I was like, do you see the value that this is adding in this moment? And then I, I had the piano person start playing and I pulled the bass out and I was like, do you see how empty it feels? I said, when you guys are working together, you both are in your own right, are bringing what you have, but the value that you have together, when you value what each other brings, I said, all of a sudden that unity grows. So I, I started with just explaining to them the value. The other thing that I, I poured into them is as the leader is I showed them, they might not trust each other, but I showed them how much that I trust them. And so then it was almost like, well, over time, it was like, well, if if Pastor Zach trusts, you know, so-and-so, then maybe I, I should give him another shot. And I just kept pouring that power of that trust, and I believe in you, and I know you can do it, and you bring some value to the team. But you'd be surprised when you show the value. It's it's such amazing how, like, it was like a light switch went off. It was like, you know what, even if I don't like them right now, you can't deny that in that moment. It's like, they do bring, they do bring a value. You know, they do bring something to this, and, you know what, maybe I, I can work on, you know, me personally and really mending that relationship. So I've always gone, that was one way, and then going value. So. You're here. All right, I'm going to try, whoa, hello. Um, I'm going to try to get this out without like just word vomit. Uh, the church has a tendency to follow trends and sing other people's songs. Now, do you guys personally do this yourself? And do would you encourage uh, even smaller churches to dedicate time towards, well, since worship is warfare, developing newer weapons on a personal level, as in new songs, their own personal songs, just really uh, devoting time towards allowing God to move in our own churches instead of singing what every other big church creates. Make sense? Yeah, I, um, I'm really, I'm a big um, proponent, is that the right word? Yeah. That's a good word. Um, I'm, I'm a big believer in uh, um, what is the Lord doing in your church? And then kind of, thank you, Zach, proponent, a person who advocates. Yep, I advocate for this. Um, uh, I, I just, the Lord does different things, I think, in different places. And so, um, you know, you have to be, you have to be relevant to your body, right? You have to be relevant to your um, community. And so I found that a lot of times that, um, you know, in spontaneous moments of worship, we have what we call revival nights. They used to be called something else. But anyways, we, we just kind of linger uh, in the presence of the Lord. And in those moments, that's really where um, the Lord, you know, the Holy Spirit kind of downloads things and we sing them over our body. We sing them over um, our people. And then um, a couple times they've turned into songs and we're, we're in the process of learning how to record and make all that stuff um, be available to our body. But yeah, absolutely. I think even as a small church, you know, in those moments, um, 
just really, you know, releasing what the Lord is, what you feel like the Lord is saying, um, you know, especially if you're in a leadership position and, and you're, you're um, kind of in, you're responsible for branding that, you know, or creating that culture. Um, it's, it's important to, uh, to really just dial into what the Holy Spirit's saying and, and be able to release it. Um, yeah, I've said that like a hundred different ways, but you get, you get it. Yeah, and that's, again, why it's so important to be in tune with the Holy Spirit and what he's, where he's going, what he's doing. Uh, almost every single time we go on stage before we pray, like, Lord, open my eyes to see where you're going. Open my ears to hear uh, what you're doing. We just, we want to, we, we want the real thing. We, we want the presence of God and we want what he has for our church and for, for uh, this body. And uh, again, if you're not in tune with him and you're, you know, not consistent in spending time in his presence, then you're not going to get it. You're not going to get there. And uh, uh, I, I do, we, we do sing a lot of songs from like Maverick City, Bethel, like, yeah, everybody, we, we love it. And, uh, I, I do feel like God puts an anointing on specific songs. Like the one we did this, was it this morning? I don't remember. I speak Jesus. Oh, just, just so powerful. You know, anything that's like vertical. I, I feel like God has favorite songs, but it might be me. That's <laughs> the favorite songs, but yeah, absolutely. Um, so I do, there's two people from uh, our worship team here. And so they don't know this yet. So this is going to be news to them. It's going to be really exciting at the same time. Uh, so basically, um, you know, for us, you're kind of talking about like, how do you make it your own? Um, you know, one thing that we're going to be doing this year, we met with, we have uh, 14 worship leaders underneath us that we've been working with and training. And, um, you know, one thing that challenged them, I said this year, I want to do in November a live recording album of original songs and it, it's not just I said I don't want to do it just to do it I said the whole goal of doing this I said was I want to have you guys sit in the services okay be attentive and I want you to write down what God is speaking to you out of the messages I want you to be praying about the season that our church is in and then from the messages and the vision of the house and from the season that our church is in that is how I want us to write the songs. So we're connected with what God's doing in that moment for our church. And then we're going to write songs out of that for our church and record it for our church. You know, that's one way. The other thing that I found, like, to make sure that it's, like, taking songs that are... Um, are just not, like you said, just singing songs that everybody else is doing. Um, you know, one thing that I found, and these two guys that are with me, Jeff is on guitar and, and Scott's on bass, um, is learning your team is super valuable because sometimes they might not even realize what the value that they bring. So when you, like for Jeff, he's a guitar player back here. He's one of the guitar players at our church. I found that one of his giftings and how I could, he, a song can go from, this is a song that sounds like, every other person singing to, for us, something that can switch is he has the ability to be able to just jump on something real quick and just take off. And so it's, if you know your team and you know the talents that they bring, then all of a sudden their, their talents and their giftings will flow through that song and it will automatically just change. It will just change. All of a sudden you might have a singer that 
you might have to pull some things out of her or him, but all of a sudden they, they sing that melody just a little bit different. And then the drummer plays a little bit different. And then the piano player plays a little bit different. And when you begin to take the talents and giftings and the anointing that they carry, and you really highlight that and you push it, then all of a sudden, literally that song that you're like, well, that sounds like, you know, every other song, it literally will take in the atmosphere of worship, it'll change. And then all of a sudden it's like this anthem is for our church. And it, it really does take on a whole new meaning. So really knowing your team and the giftings that they had and really even nurturing that and really pushing that through, um, that will be, and I think that too, what you'll find too is no, is when you talk about knowing your team is also too, is finding the voice of your worship team and not trying to replicate somebody else's. Like when you find, okay, what can we do really well? Because believe it or not, there is every single church that can do something really well, even better than other worship teams that we all look at. It's, there's, it's like, it's unexplained other than that. Like, so find what your worship team does really well. And so into that, push into that. And I, I promise you, when, when that happens, all of a sudden, that song that you've heard before is going to change and it's going to sound different. And it might take some time. And like Lucas said, sometimes it's just a matter of just worshiping together and kind of kind of just pushing through some things. Um, you know, the last two weeks for us at practice, it's been ridiculous, um, like in a good way. Like it's just been... but. We've, we were playing and it's starting to now carry over into the weekends and it's starting to take on a whole new animal. Animal. So just finding what is your church's sound and really sewing into that. And you'll find that through prayer. So, yep. Yeah, one last thought on that. Um, I, I really... Um, feel like the Lord kind of works in seasons. And so um, sometimes there's seasons of celebration. Sometimes there's seasons of, um, you know, of, of freedom where the Lord's breaking people free of stuff. Or um, last last year for our church was a season of salvation. We, we saw over 600... Over 600 people give their lives to Jesus last year. And so, um, and, and not saying that for any other reason, but to say, I, I just believe that the Lord, he moves in seasons. And so if you're trying to, um, you know, write a song about breakthrough in a season of waiting, um, you know, it's, it's just not going to translate. And so, again, it comes down to really spending time with the Lord and being in tune with what the Holy Spirit is doing in that season, in that moment um, within your local your local church. We're good. <laughs> is there any other, before we end, is there any other major, we'll pray this out. Is there any other question, like major question you guys want to ask that you're like, oh, I want to ask? Yes. We'll close after this one and we'll pray. Is that okay? Because right, I know we got to keep it moving. Okay. So you guys mentioned uh, worship is, you know, there's warfare. And so um, kind of going back to the youth, and I have my youth that are on our worship team um, and even upcoming ones where we're going to kind of start this junior praise team like training. <laughs> um, so you know, spiritual maturity is, is vast on worship teams, depending on who you have. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but regardless, I guess it's a two-part question carrying influence over your team of all ages, you know, how to, I hate to use the word sell them on, oh my gosh, this is the vision, but to carry that influence of what the Lord is putting in you as the worship leader and having the vision shared um, as a unified team and also how to mentor the, the younger upcoming ones, even though they might not understand the full concept of warfare, how to 
help them engage with, listen, this is a spiritual thing versus just being up here to put on a show of our gifts. <laughs> so. That's good. Uh, I practice makes perfect. Put them in those atmospheres, you know. Um, growing up, my dad, he was the, he planted a church and he did it all. He was the worship pastor. He was the kids pastor. He was the janitor. He was the pastor pastor. You know, he did, he did it all. Um, and so when it came time, uh, where he was like, okay, I, I really need some help. I learned how to play the piano and he was like, go for it. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, but being put in that position, even though it was intimidating and it was a little bit, a little bit nerve wracking, I got to experience firsthand, you know, what being in that atmosphere is like. And uh, he would always, him and my mom would always say, this is the best place to learn. It's a safe place, you know? This is the best place to learn. So I say, throw them on. <laughs> Get them used to being in that atmosphere. Yeah, and I'm going to echo that is because um, like when we have our youth team, youth fam, what we do is on purpose we have a few adults. They, it's not, they actually could be, the youth could be fine by themselves. What we do is on purpose um, as we throw just like, even like two or three adults in that mix with them. Now we let the youth pick their songs like because they, they have a certain, you know, love that they have for the songs. But what we do is... That way, one, um, the spiritual authority is there as far as like they sow into them. Um, they do a devotion with them. They get them ready and they kind of explain to them like how important it is. But then what we found is when they're doing worship in that moment, in that atmosphere, kind of like where the youth might shy away from things or they might kind of be like, I don't know what to do in this moment. The adults, I said, would you just push past that, even if it's not perfect? And they're going to see that, and they're going to start catching on. So maybe it stinks the first time. Maybe it's absolutely terrible. But just keep pushing through. And what we found is when we do that, that all of a sudden where the youth we were like, okay, so in this moment, I just need to just forget this and just go this way. Or, you know, where I would just stop here, it's like recognize, oh, God's trying to do something. It's okay to kind of do a little audible and go here. And so it's like they, they watch these, they watch these adults and they, and they really do, they catch on. So, I mean, that was one thing and it's been really like successful and has really worked for us. Um, so I would just say that would be something to maybe think about and do. Um, and even as far as like the other thing we've done is even on the, on, um, we've done befores on weekends is, is putting them in a position where, um, maybe not right away on like a weekend, but like a rehearsal is bringing them in, giving them their own line and stuff like that. And maybe not putting them in the house, but again, just kind of creating that unity and that bond and is having them play, um, right along with us. Right. And then, but I make sure that they're in what, who's ever they're with, like if they're, playing piano, have them in the main piano player's ears. And then afterwards, they're able to talk with them and start building that relationship with them. And it helps them grow. And there's just a continual relationship and cycle. So 
it works. So I'm going to pray and then we'll get out of this one. Cool. Well, God, we just love you, Lord. And I just thank you uh, for the power of worship. Father God, I thank you for your, your presence that's been here all day, Lord, as we enter into this last session here today, Father God, and we go into the altar call and the Q&A at the end. God, I just pray and I just thank you again that you're going to be working, Lord. You're going to be doing things. You're going to be speaking to us, God. And I pray that we're attentive and we're listening and we're ready to receive whatever you have for us, Lord. I pray that on the days that are trying and challenging for us personally and even in our ministry departments, Lord, I just pray that through it all, Lord, that we are obedient, that we keep a, a humble heart, Lord, that we keep a servant's heart, Father God, just like you did, Lord, that we are literally just saying, if everything else, Father God, fades away, Lord, I thank you that you don't, Lord. And I just pray that we just focus in on you and we just thank you for everything you're about to do. In Jesus' name, amen.